Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today we are taking some time to talk about how contemplative practices can help us when our bodies are feeling kind of unsettled, when our nervous systems, they're just not feeling quite regulated. And so to explain and kind of give an example of what I'm talking about, I thought I might kick us off with just a few months ago. So it was like the eve of New Year's Eve and we had been up late, we were doing all kinds of fun things, uh, but you know, already late. So time for bed and as I'm headed off, I realize based on my email that there's like some suspicious activity. Like I think somebody's making purchases with our credit card and using our email address. So I instantly start to feel very, very nervous, right? <laughs> and we start to do all the things that we need to do in order to lock everything down and get everything secure. Even though it's very late at night, we'd rather go to bed. We don't wanna leave it till morning. Maybe it gets worse overnight. Uh, so we're doing all the work. And as we're doing all the work, this weird thing happens. Like I start to feel very cold. And it's December 30th or so. So it's normal to feel cold when it's winter time, but so cold that I'm like shivery. And not only am I shivery, like my teeth are chattering and I'm trying to warm up and, and get under the covers more. So we finish all of our stuff, we turn out the lights and I'm under the covers. So I should be getting better and I should be getting warm and my body should stop shaking, but it's not. It keeps chattering and I'm like snuggling up as much as I can and trying to breathe and trying to do all these things to calm down. But it was super frustrating because I could not control it and it was adding to like I can't control the outside forces, I can't control the inside forces, everything's so messed up. And as it turns out, this is very normal in our bodies when we move into stages of fight, flight, or freeze because of that feeling of threat. These are various things that can happen to us. And so really, rather than feel shame or anger, frustration, it's, it's easier if we can just accept that this is how the body reacts. And sometimes this happens positively, like I had a feeling and then that thing happened. And we call that intuition, we love intuition. But when it's happening negatively, we're, we feel more inclined to call it dysregulation, right? My body's not regulated properly. And this is where I have found the contemplative to be helpful because as I can employ those contemplative practices, I can come back to that place of feeling safe and connected. And maybe my body learns this the more that I do it, this type of a thing. So as we kick it off in the spirit of normalizing the work of our nervous systems, do you guys resonate? Have you had these experiences? Are there ways that you have experienced unrest or dis-ease? Have you witnessed this? Tell me your story. Interestingly, I have recently in recent years heard, you know, certainly familiar with the fight, flight or freeze, but the new term of fawn and the example that the speaker gave was, you know, we often use deer when we're talking about the fight, fight or freeze, but you know, when the deer is, you know, after the, the predator has left that the, the, the deer shakes because there's all the adrenaline that was in that protective mode for the deer. And so there's this shaking period where all of that has to release the body. And, and the speaker described that as fawning. And I thought, wow, that's a really interesting addition to that fight, flight, or freeze that you're naming, because there is whatever it is that 
in the moment that we have to do to deal with the the threat to us, there's that aftermath that then we have to process through. And so I, I have found that to be helpful to name the in the moment thing, but then there's like, you know, um, after waves or <laughs> aftershocks or, or, or whatever you would, would like to call that in processing that. So that's something that comes up for me as you're naming this. Yeah, a story that goes along with that. We were driving from downtown recently and there was a, a basketball game and I had a carload of kids and we were driving home and uh, someone tries to step out in the middle of the street. And of course I'm a, a, a courteous driver and I wait for the pedestrian to cross, uh, but he steps out into the street and then he makes a beeline for our car. And uh, so my instinct is to put on the gas. And so before he gets to the car, I am, I'm burning rubber. Uh, but he did grab a hold of the door handle and he's trying to open the door and running alongside the car. And uh, finally we get up to 30 miles an hour and he ends up flipping and rolling. And my instinct is to get out of the car and uh, my kids and everyone else are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, you know, I got out to check if he's okay because he did get hurt. I don't, I don't know why this individual decided to try to get in our car while it was moving. Um, but the aftermath lasted for days. I, you know, I, I had the response of gratitude. Thank you that I was able to in the moment, you know, uh, put on the gas and not let him get in our car. Well, gratitude helped me, but my children and their friends, this lasted for days and days. And they were just like nervous and, you know, like locking the doors and they were staying up late into the night and they were building all these scenarios. And like, how could I have done what, what should I have done? You know, should I have opened the door and like pushed him or, you know, like they're building these, these worlds out of this, this circumstance, this situation um, of how to respond correctly. And so it's interesting, like the fight, flight, or freeze, we all have different responses. And um, I think that's the most current example that comes up for me and how we can respond, how our bodies respond to this is a, a traumatic event and it doesn't have to be that traumatic uh, to get us in touch with our nervous system and how it responds, but that's what comes up for me. That is a traumatic, dramatic event. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, could, I am with you in that story, just hearing it. And I think what you're bringing up with that whole question mark of what, what could we have done differently? Should I have done this? That's exactly that thing that happens after the fact because in the moment, like the body might be frozen, right? While one person is like in action. Uh, and then I'm also thinking of that whole like days later, it reminds me of like eyes darting kind of a feeling, like the body's just not regulated. It's not dealing. It's trying to figure out where to go and how to get back to a sense of safety. How do I feel safe again? Which happens in all kinds of uh, scenarios, but that one's certainly a very poignant one. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there's different, you know, ways in which we can regulate it. And again, some of the things, you know, so for example, maybe I am, you know, 
having lunch with somebody and they share a really hard story, something that's going on in their life that they're experiencing. You know, I take that in and then I, as I go about my day, for me, I have to kind of process through that and let that go, let that, like I'm present to the person at lunch, but then afterwards, I don't want to take that into the rest of my day with me. And particularly at nighttime, um, you know, if I'm not sleeping well, it's often because I haven't had a chance to unwind and undo some of the stories of the day or some of my experiences. I think the example you gave, Chris, is sometimes when something you know, really dramatic like that, it, it maybe takes a few days or different ways. Like maybe there's the initial regulation of getting back to a sense of safety. We're okay, et cetera. But then afterward, it's like, wow, like that gratitude goes into, you realize this could have been a lot worse. And maybe we go back into that fear state where the predator, even though the predator's not there, we still have those feelings that are emerging for us and, and maybe have to walk through that a, a second or third time. And so I think even this regulation that we're naming today, you know, again, sometimes it can maybe happen in a, yep, I can I can regulate and, and, and bring closure to this. And sometimes maybe it takes um, repetitive regulation to get to that place of safety and connection. And, you know, I think it's worth mentioning that sometimes our bodies just shut down. You know, I've I've had the joy of being with people who have had panic attacks. And I mean, the only thing that you can really do is sort of just be with them in it. You can't really you can't really say, you, you know, if you breathe or if you think different thoughts, um, sometimes like it's it's happening. I am having an anxiety attack. I'm having a panic attack. This is what my body is doing. And now after the math, you can say, okay, what, what circumstances are happening in my life to cause? And, and I think a great, great example of this is, you know, I, one of our favorite programs is this is us. And one of my favorite characters would often have panic attacks and, you know, it, they did a great job of showing the reasons why, and it's just people sitting in the same space with them in a non-judgmental way of being with them that is somehow calming to individuals who are experiencing these things in their body. And I think, you know, this, the past couple of years, I mean, it has been incredibly difficult on uh, our young people in particular. And, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of parents and their, their kids are in hospitals getting help or, you know, they're, they're entering into therapy, all these good things, right? Things that are good for pe people to process all that's been going on. And I think the contemplative is so helpful um, because number one, you get to just sit with people and what is going on in their lives. And number two, you get to help them name, okay, my panic attack is, is happening because I, these are linked to what is going on. My body is telling me that something is happening and I am learning to discover why it is reacting that way. So I think the contemplative is super, super helpful in you know helping us name some of what's going on with our nervous system. And even maybe a less dramatic situation where, you know, my six-year-old is outside playing and gets hurt. You immediately, the child runs in crying. And, you know, it's like the, the magic of the mother's kiss. Let me kiss your ouchie and make it better. 
And then the tears dry up and then they go back outside to play. And so there's nothing magic, but there's something about, I see your ouchie, I am kissing you. There is no medical, <laughs> you know, a first aid that I'm doing, but then that child is okay and they can calm down. And so I think even the simpleness of, I am with you in this, even if it's a hug or a kiss to send you on your way really matters. It's true because sometimes our, our brain, our body, something has told us we're in more danger than we are. And so having somebody, and I've certainly had this with kids too, right? They're very upset. They just fell down. And they're, sometimes, the, and then it's the other way too. Sometimes they're totally fine until they realize there's blood. And then they're like, oh no. Um, but sometimes it, it's just helping them realize there's no blood. You're okay. Uh, now, as a grown-up, I feel, and this can get triggered in grown-ups too, right? Somebody says something and it somehow makes you think like, maybe this is going to wreck my life. Maybe it's going to ruin everything. It's going to alter my day or my plan. And so the body gets all crazy. So yeah, those contemplative practices, I think especially because just to say, when I first started contemplative practices, I think what I thought was I would never have a negative experience once I got good at this. I think I thought I would always stay calm and I would never be anxious. Just it would be a totally different me. And then that was not true. And COVID definitely helped to play a role in that, as you say. Uh, but all the fears definitely had me in this feeling of like, somebody could die. We could all die. Oh my gosh. And it it helped me for someone to just be really specific with me about saying the contemplative is not so you don't have negative feelings. The contemplative is so that you can acknowledge those feelings and walk through them back towards safety again, that it will pass, that it won't, you won't stay feeling this way. Even as Chris points out, even if it takes a few days, <laughs> you won't stay feeling this way. This emotion has a bell curve and it's gonna go up and it's gonna go down. Uh, it can be hard to feel like it's gonna go down when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, and I think there's our own experience and then kind of the second hand that we receive from others. And so going back to my example earlier, when I hear a story and take that in, you know, I have certain rituals that I do. So sometimes I might take a walk because moving my body, it's like I can release the, the stress of that conversation that I just had and, and somehow work it out of my body. Um, at the end of the, the I, I like to take showers at night and there's something to me about a hot shower at night where I'm just like transitioning and like all the cares of the day and all the things I took in are kind of washed away. And then I'm kind of entering into a new space of calm and rest and restoration. And then there are some times when those stories stick with me. And I think I'm, I'm learning this as a spiritual director, people that are maybe therapists, counselors, and helping professions. Um, a newer practice for me is uh, supervision, peer supervision, these different practices where in confidentiality, you don't disclose names or things like that, but with a group of trusted peers, or if you have a one-on-one -on -one relationship where it's like, you know, I sat with someone and this story is staying with me. And so what is it in me that is not worked out or being triggered and to be able to have that space to kind of process that on a deeper level to work it out of my body. And, and again, kind of noticing, you know, maybe I'm feeling the, the tension or the bad sleep or things like that, that that's a, a sign that I need to process this a little bit deeper. And so I think for me, having some of these rituals in place, and then also kind of the big things that, you know, the bigger rituals in place where when something's really heavy that I can and go to these trusted sources to work throughout in a deeper level. Yeah. It feels like what you're describing is fun. The thing that you, you started with earlier, right? We need a way, in a way, the animal was shaking off the trauma 
we're looking for the way that's going to work for us to kind of first acknowledge it, right? Name it. And then to be able to step out of it in some kind of a way. It's kind of funny to think of it that way, but it is true. How does it slide out? And so do I need a moment or do I need a friend? <laughs> what do I need right now? Can we pay attention to our bodies and, and give those bodies what they need? Yeah, yeah poor Gump just went on a long run. You know, he experienced something and he didn't know how to put words to it. So he just went on a, a two-year run. I feel stress in my body and like it gets stiff. And I, I feel like I like stretching would be helping or, you know, like exercising my muscles in my legs. I feel stiffness in my legs. And so uh, that's where I carry it. And so, you know, exercising those muscles, just working them uh, is a way for me to release uh, some of the the nervous energy that I have. And Christina, before we recorded, you had introduced a, a term for me that I wasn't familiar with, this idea of co-regulation and that we don't have to regulate alone, that co-regulation and being with others, um, being human, having those people around us, that that's actually co-regulation and that's something that we need as part of our, so maybe it is the working it out alone or the walk, those sorts of things, but there's something beautiful about that co-regulation that you're naming as well. Yeah. So these are big topics. Uh, and again, I really want to make sure as we kind of close out today that we just take a moment to say it's completely normal that our bodies do this and we, we shouldn't feel shame, right? It's just having ways to work it out, whether it's alone, as you're saying, or in relationship with others, this co-regulation aspect. Thank you both for having this conversation with me. is the time where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. So what are we into today? I am into summer sandals. So I love when the weather turns and I can wear sandals that are super comfortable to walk in. I have my fashionable sandals. I have the flip-flops for when I'm swimming or at the beach. And so I recently got a new pair of Columbia sandals that are walking sandals and super comfortable, super fun. And I am into sandals. I think that I am into my, there's a little window seat in our house and last year we didn't have the little pad to actually sit in it because it had gotten very wet when we first moved in <laughs> and we needed to clean it and so we finally did and sometimes I will sit there for my prayer times or meditations and there's like little birds that hang out in the tree and it has really been a delight so that is what I am into. Well. I don't know that I'm intentionally into this, but it's just sort of happened. Uh, I have been running errands and doing uh, certain projects and I've been running into people and I've been uh, diving deep quickly with people. You know, their stories are coming out and, and I'm thinking this you know, five minute project actually turns into like an hour because I asked somebody a question about, oh, did you celebrate uh, Worldwide Labyrinth Day? And no, I'm just I'm just doing the weeds here. But thank you for telling me. I'll, I'll look for it on my calendar next year or, you know, like just these conversations that I've been getting into. So I've been trying to what I'm really into is making space for more conversations when I'm out and about people tell me their stories. And so I, I guess I'm into making space for long conversations when I'm out and about. That sounds right. If I know you, that sounds absolutely right. 
Ah. Well, thank you all for being with us today. Um, if you would like to stay connected, we invite you to join in on our newsletter. It comes out twice a month. To subscribe to that, you can go right to the front page of our website, thecontemplativelife.net. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.